Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today I figured we'd talk about some football. And what we're going to do is go through and rank players' odds to be the Buffs' most valuable player. Um, so these are lists I put together. It's 10 to 1 for the offense, 10 to 1 for the defense. And like I said, you know, you, you start with number 10, who, you know, spoiler alert for the offense, Chase Penry. Chase Penry has the 10th best odds to be the Buffs offensive MVP this season. So that's the plan for today. We're going to go through the offense in the first half of the podcast, the defense in the second half, and that'll that'll be the show. Um, I don't think there's any other details, like any news or anything. Uh, not much went down over the weekend, which is honestly kind of a shame. Like I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm, I'm a little bored. I'm all bored. Like, things need to happen. Um, I mentioned at the end of the last pod, like, keep an eye on Jabari Walker. I say continue to keep an eye on Jabari Walker. Um, but but in terms of news, nothing. Nada. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the Avs won. Jokic is the MVP. Jokic is the MVP. We can get excited about that. Uh, best basketball player alive. Like, I'm still convinced. You put him one-on-one against anybody, he's, he's going to win. He's going to win. Or at the very least, he's going to snap the other guy in half and they'll default or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Jokic MVP, that's fun. Uh, Av's going for the sweep tonight. I'm actually at the DMVR bar. And where I typically record my podcast here, which is a place that's kind of out of the way of everybody else, there's a new microphone. And I I think I set the settings up all right and I tested it. But uh, I guess I'm also praying that this works out fine. So, yeah, I'm... There's the update on my life. Uh, Jokic MVP, Avs going for the sweep. 
And there we go. We can just jump in. That was all a waste of time. Sorry about that. Uh, like I said, starting with the offense, number 10, Chase Penry. 10th best odds to be the offensive MVP. Um, you're going to see that this is a pretty competitive spot. Um, there's kind of a theme among the back end of this list. Um, Chase Penry, though, just to talk about him. Uh, the reason he did make the cut is because he's a slot receiver. And while RJ Sneed can play in the slot, I think a couple of these guys can actually play in the slot. Chase Penry projects best into that role, and that's a role that Dimitri Stanley left empty. So when you kind of run through, you know, receiver 3 to 10 and say, which which of these guys are actually going to be on the field getting consistent reps and which ones are going to be kind of rotational pieces on the edges, it's a lot easier to see Chase Penry wind up on the field just because of the role that he plays, and so he makes this list here at number 10. Uh, number 9, Montana Lamonius Craig. Uh, Montana played really well last year when somebody was hurt. He was he was kind of that first guy in off the bench. Wound up starting quite a few games. Um, I've said it before, saying it again now. I think there's a really good chance that this is kind of his breakout year. Um, you know, we saw during the spring game that he was one of their three starting receivers. Again, there are injuries to guys like Chase Penry, injuries to guys like Ty Robinson, and so that does factor in. And who knows what it would look like normally? But regardless of whether he was in that top three or not. He got the reps, and that's what we have to work off of. And it means that he was out there learning all spring this this new offense with new coaches, and that's obviously going to be very helpful for him as well. So again, the, a lot of receivers here at the back end of this top 10. He gets in because I think there's a good chance he's a starter. There's a He has real breakout potential. And while you know Chase Penry fits into that slot role, and Montana doesn't, have that trait to him. I think he can play there, but it isn't necessarily like you got to play him in the slot. He, he's you'll unlock him in the slot. And guess what? The slot rolls open. I think that Daniel Arias, and this is actually something that Montana said uh, to me, I think actually to a bunch of us now that I think of it. Um, but Montana, he thinks that he works well off of Daniel Arias because he takes the top off and it kind of opens things up underneath. And the way he explained it is, yeah, that's, Daniel clears everything out so that me and RJ can kind of get open, find some space. Um, and even the fact that he's saying he's working with those guys, like it, it means that he has a better chance of breaking through uh, uh, than some of these others. Um, number eight, Daniel Arias. And this is this was a tough one for me. I, I, it would have been easy to put him up near the top considering what we heard about him during spring ball. But, you know, we've done it before. We, we've seen this kind of song and dance. And on top of that, again, like what did we just say? Daniel takes the the top off of the the defense. That role doesn't always produce the most. You know, there will be a couple big plays like when when they're not playing you straight up. But you, you think of like Will Fuller with the Texans. You know, a guy who he may not have a thousand yard season. His his job is more so just to to bring a couple defenders deep with him and open things up underneath because the defense has to think of him. And I think that Daniel Arias in his his best possible form is kind of that guy right he, he becomes that focal point and that's one of the things that carl said during the spring as well is that daniel has turned into kind of one of their go-to guys like there's a chance that he could be just the guy in, in that offense you know like they had visco like they had guys in the past now obviously that's a massive comp but you know just in terms of the physical presence the physical tools he could be one of those guys who you know you you have to account for you know, that's what the defense locks in on. And if the defense locks in on you, 
that's not necessarily a good sign, especially in an offense where, you know, there's a lot of guys who still do need to prove themselves. You know, if, if there's one player who looks like he's in a first-team all-pack 12 performer, you can overcommit to that guy and make others beat you. At least that's what it looks like on paper. So even if things work out for Daniel Arias, is he really their offensive MVP this season? I know it takes some work. Um, but, but he does make this list here eighth best chance in my book. Um, went a bit off the board for number seven, Casey Roddick. Uh, only offensive line to make this list or offensive lineman to make this list. Um, maybe, maybe that's on me. Like maybe I, maybe I should change that. Um, but the combination of like, it's really hard for an offense to be or offensive lineman to be your most important offensive player. Uh, so that factors in the fact that the offensive line struggled so much last year, you know, that factors in, but Casey, he's, he's a talented player. Um, he, he has all the physical tools and I, I think he does wind up being your best offensive lineman this year. And I think that that's something that the, the people up in Boulder think as well. Um, so we'll see if that actually happens. He is the only one to make the list though. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can leave it at that. Oh, I, sh- I guess I could say I did release like the, the, the depth chart for the offensive lineman tonight on, uh, the DMVR.com. You know, I'm running through the depth chart at all the, di- the different positions, start with the offensive skill positions went to offensive line. We still got defensive line and the back seven and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's actually going to be front seven and secondary, but it doesn't really matter. The point is look for that if you're interested and uh, more is on the way. Um, number six on this list, Brady Russell. He was another tough one to place, and he was one who could have been up a little bit higher. And in previous versions of the list, he was up higher. Um, I think that it's really hard for a tight end to be your off or MVP. And you just look at who wins MVP awards at all the different levels. Very rarely tight ends. So you know, there's you'll see who's in front of him. But I do, uh, I do think that Brady has a really solid chance. Um, it helps that he's so versatile. Like, he helps you on every play, right? So if it's a running play, he's a great blocker. If it's a passing play, well, he's a great blocker and you can leave him in to protect, but also he can go catch the ball make plays with his legs. Um, he could be due for a breakout. You know, I, I do think that this passing game was so bad last year, it's basically a guarantee that there's going to be maybe another 1,000 passing yards out there, which means 1,000 receiving yards. Now, how many of those go to Brady, who led the team in catches last year, led the team in receiving yards last year? I don't know. But I think that there are at least another 1,000 yards to go around, and that's before you factor in, you know, Demetri Stanley's gone, Brendan Rice is gone, Levante Chenault was fairly productive in the couple games he was out there. So could Brady wind up being more of a piece of the offense? I think the fact that um, Clay Patterson is the tight ends coach and the passing game coordinator that's a that's a sign that things could be trending up for Brady. Again, it's tough to crack the top five as a tight end, and so Brady fits in here at number six. Um, looking at number five, though, RJ Sneed. And RJ is the top receiver on this list. Um, again, it, it, the receivers got moved down a little bit on the list uh, for a couple reasons. I mean, again, it's tough to be the most valuable player as a receiver, but we've seen it in Boulder before. LaVisca Chenault being the best example. He did it for a couple of years. 
The reason I'm not putting him up higher, though, is just because it's a reliant position. While the offense, the passing game will be better this year, and it's almost impossible not to be. They were so bad last year. Expecting it to get to the point where your most valuable offensive player is a receiver, it's a big ask. It's a really big ask. So, again, tough spot for the receivers is RJ Sneed. I think he's he's maybe the only receiver who's guaranteed to be uh, a major piece of this offense. I think Daniel Arias is, based on what we're hearing, pretty close to locked in, but not quite locked in. Montana, you know, still competing with Ty Robinson, still competing with Maurice Bell, still competing with a bunch of these guys. Um, but RJ is kind of, uh, obviously, based on this list, kind of a tier of his own in terms of the receivers as of right now. Uh, the balance of talent and experience and, you know, past production and just leadership in a room that is still really young, uh, there's there's a lot of reasons for RJ Snead to be here. He fits in at number five. Number four, JT Shrout. Uh, this is a tough one. And I'll say right now, you know, number three is Brendan Lewis. And I, I'm still leaning Lewis is the starter. Leaning. Um, we've kind of gone back and forth. I've, I've said it before that the... the uh, but before camp, I had JT with a slight edge. Um, after that first day, after that first week, we're hearing all these good things about Brendan. I had Brendan as a slight edge. After that first scrimmage, one of the two times we got to lay eyes on him, I put JT back in front. And then after the spring game, I think Brendan did enough to get himself back in front. So this has been back and forth all the way through. It'll continue to be back and forth probably up to a week before the season opener. And right now I have Lewis edging out Shroud. Um, the reason they're up so high, I mean, most valuable player, quarterback, easy to win that award. Um, I still was kind of tough just knowing what we know, right? Because Brendan wasn't all that productive. JT, is he, I mean, on that same level, is he really a step above Brendan if he winds up take, getting the job or is it, he edges him out, you know? Um, the offensive line is rough. You know, the system's going to be way better. The scheme is going to be much easier for these quarterbacks, Except for the fact that they're learning a new system, which is never something you like. Uh, you're you're losing Brendan Rice. You're losing Dimitri Stanley. And while you bring in R.J. Steed that pretty easily cancels out one of those guys, uh, there is still a bit of a gap. You're, you're projecting young players to be more successful. They have a tough job. And, and for that reason, it, it would have been tempting to move them down. It's just so hard to put the, the quarterback behind the top receiver, you know? Like the, the odds of the most valuable player being a, a receiver, it, it's just tough to do because you're relying on the quarterback. You probably need things to go well for the quarterback. Um, so they wind up Lewis at three, Shroud at four. And uh, number two, Ramon Jefferson. Uh, the transfer from Sam Houston, the running back, the senior. He has the second best chance, I think, of being the most valuable player on this offense. Uh, I was tempted to put him in the top spot, decided not to. And... We're living, we're living with uh, the way this is going. I think that this competition, the competition for the starting running back job, probably as tight as the competition at the quarterback job. That's another one that's going to be back and forth. I think that I would guess that early in the season, the reps between Ramon Jefferson and Alex Fontenot are split pretty evenly. Um, I would like to see those kind of skew toward whoever's better toward the end of the year. You might see it split pretty evenly all the way through. Uh, but 
right now I have Fontenot just ahead of Jefferson just because he is the more proven commodity. I think it's easy to look at Ramon Jefferson and say like, wow, these highlights look really good. Like there's a reason he ran for what, 6.7 yards per carry last year, over a thousand yards per, uh, per, uh, for the season. Uh, national semifinalist as a team last year, national champion the season before that, uh, all-American running back. Like, there's a lot to like. Just got to see one game where he's breaking those tackles at this level, and then I'm ready to buy all the way in. You know, even if there's, like, a fall scrimmage that we get to watch, all it's going to take is seeing that first tackle or bounce off him. And, and I'm probably going to be ready to flip these two with Ramon Jefferson. And I guess I kind of spoiled the Alex Fontenot, number one on this list. Um, tight battle, though. And, you know, the, the reason the running backs are up here at the top, passing game isn't all that good. Uh, I think that it's, it's easy to expect them to be running the ball a lot. Um, whether the running the ball goes well, that remains to be seen. It didn't last year. Um, but nothing went well last year. So, so something you'd expect to, to at least be solid and, and probably you get the strength this season. You know, uh, you like running up and running the ball outside or inside or, or whatever winds up working. Um, but I do think that the odds are a running back is your most valuable player. Um, and speaking on Alex Fontenot, you know, he, he's been the, the bell cow starter before. Uh, had his job taken by Jarek Broussard while Alex uh, had his his hip injury that kept him out of the shortened season. Um, to be honest, I didn't think he looked like he was 100% last year. I actually haven't talked to him about that. I'd be curious to hear what he has to say. Um, but he didn't look 100% to me last season. And I would guess that he looks more like himself this time around. With him, the margins are kind of slim, right? I'm not not really a big playback, or at least he hasn't been in the past. It's a lot of get hit and fall forward, or get hit and kind of stumble a little bit and stumble forward for a couple of yards, uh, kind of maximizing those those opportunities in tight. Um, he's when that's the case, you know, having just that one little more step of burst could wind up being really valuable for him and, and open some doors up this season. So so Alex Fontenot is number one on this list, and we can recap. Um, Number one, Alex Fontenot. Remember, this is most likely to be offensive MVP for Colorado this season. Number one, Alex Fontenot. Number two, Ramon Jefferson. Number three, Brendan Lewis. Number four, JT Shrout. Number five, RJ Sneed. Number six, Russell... I almost said Russell Wilson. Uh, Brady Russell. Uh, number seven, Casey Roddick. Number eight, Daniel Arias. Number nine, Montana Lamonius Craig. And number 10, Chase Penry. A couple of honorable mentions. Uh, first of all, Ty Robinson. It was tough not including him on this list. Um, I actually, I was trying to decide like, where do I include the quarterbacks? Do I include them both? Do I include with, and, and wound up having to bump Ty Robinson off. Uh, I, he, he's just behind Chase Penry. And the reason he isn't in Chase Penry's spot, just the slot versatility. Um, and again, I don't even think that Ty would be terrible in the slot. It's just that Chase was really good. And that seems to be a, a hole that they might have this season. Um, other honorable mentions, tight ends. Um, Eric Olson, Austin Smith, I think one of them really could break out this season. Um, odds, again, probably fairly slim that this is the huge breakout year for either of them, but talented kids, and I think for at least one of them, it's going to happen eventually. It's just whether it's this season or next season or the season after that. Um, they missed the cut, mostly because I think Brady Russell is he's he's locked into that starting job, at least for week one. 
you know, if you get to week one and you're running a bunch of two tight end stuff and Eric Olson winds up catching four balls for 85 yards and a touchdown, yeah, Eric Olson might be your number one tight end after that. But to start the season, Brady Russell is your number one. Um, and, you know, the, I think that Austin Smith fits into that same category. I, I think those two would be tied for me in terms of uh, who is most likely to, to unseat Brady Russell. Um, although it's more likely, I think, that if, if one of those guys is playing so well, you're having that conversation. You're going to be seeing a lot of two tight end formations next season and, and kind of move one of these receivers to the bench. Be my guess, at least. Um, there we go. That's the offense. Real quick, want to remind you guys about Brackenridge Brewery. Um, like I said, I'm at the DMVR bar where you can pick up all these Breckenridge beers. They are very good. Um, I haven't decided, I think I'll probably have a strawberry sky tonight. I think that's probably the move. Um, yeah. Uh, once I get done with this podcast, I'm going to get down to our booth. I'm going to order a chicken sandwich. I'm going to get a strawberry sky. I'm going to write a little bit. It's going to be a big night and I'm pretty fired up about it to be honest. Um, but Breckenridge Brewery is so good. I, I, what I should do is probably get that Avalanche because it's the Avalanche in the playoffs going for the sweep tonight. If you're not drinking a bunch of Avalanche Amber Ales during this Avs playoff run, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, there's a beer that just so clearly fits this situation, so make sure that you're drinking it. Uh, also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I was on the DMVR Bets show today, made a bunch of bets. Um, if you guys want some real quick, uh, Nathan McKinnon to score a goal tonight. That's like plus 110, plus 115, something like that. He's uh, he's actually not only scored a goal in the last three games, he's actually scored the first goal of the game in two of them. If you want to bet on him to score the first goal, you can get 11 to 1 odds on that. That's real tempting to me. Um, also, Colorado to score four goals, minus 160. Like, not great value, but still pretty solid considering it's going to happen. Uh, so some good bets on the board today. And if you're a new user and you want to sign up, you can bet $5 on any NBA playoff game. You'll get $150 in free bets if you get your bet right. Uh, it's an awesome deal for new users. And even if you're not a new user, you're getting, a, it's actually a $25 same game parlay insurance. So you make a same game parlay. If it doesn't hit, what happens is you just get to, you get your money back in the form of a free bet. If, if, you, if you only miss one, you got to get within one. Um, but so many awesome opportunities over at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. 30% profit boost on a same game parlay for the abs. 100% profit boost on a same game parlay for the NBA games tonight. So many options. Make sure you're getting in on this. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up and you'll get $150 in free bets if you bet $5 on any NBA team to win their playoff game. Uh, and you're correct. So it's an awesome opportunity. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, Ripple. Ripple is uh, the best. It's the it's a fast-acting dissolvable. It's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. With Ripple dissolvables, you can make anything inedible. They're flavorless. They're dissolvable. There's little powders that you can put wherever you want, including on your tongue, if you want the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. Uh, they've actually been studied by Colorado State University in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people, and the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. 
So you can trust what's going on there. Uh, Colorado's premier dispensary light shade has 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. That's where you can pick up Ripple. The Barnum location is now open. It's one block off of 6th and Federal. It is the biggest light shade store with specialty products that are not offered at other locations. So podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a light shade location near you. Okay. Into this defense. Uh, same same deal here. I got 10 guys. We're going in reverse order. Number 10, Trevor Woods. Uh, the back end of this, the back end of this list was really, really difficult to put together. Uh, Trevor Woods, though, as of right now, does seem like he's going to be a starting safety. You know, there's a chance one of these freshmen comes in over the summer. One of these freshmen, I know that the buffs are super high on. And they might be able to, to steal that job. But the way it looks right now, he's going to be your starting free safety. And because of that... Interceptions are going to be out there. Um, there's going to be a lot of balls up in the air, and it's his job to kind of play that center field role and and pick them off. You know, that's that's what he was best at in high school. There were a lot of interceptions, a lot of interceptions. He returned a long way. Um, because of that, the I decided to include him in the list. I think that he's in a good position right now that, you know, even as a sophomore, he'll have a chance to, to be this defensive MVP. Uh, number nine, Nigel Bethel. Uh, Nigel Bethel is your only returning starting cornerback. Now, the caveat being he missed the second half of the season with an injury, and who knows where he's going to be when he gets back. Uh, as of right now, though, I do have him as the top cornerback for the Buffs, and I think that there's a chance, you know, like Trevor Woods, that, that he, first of all, is in position to make a lot of plays on the ball. But on top of that, I mean, it's easy to be the most valuable player when you're a cornerback locking down a, an opposing player. Um, so, so Nigel Bethel does make the list. One of, I mean, the only veteran in that room now that Jalen Stryker's listed as a safety. You know, Nigel is a, a junior. Everybody else, freshmen and sophomores, it's a big year for him. It's a big year. See if he can actually take control of this uh, cornerbacks room. Be that number one option. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, number eight, Josh Chandler Semedo. Uh, Josh Chandler Semedo comes over from West Virginia where he started 31 games as a middle linebacker. I guess there were a couple where he was a weak side linebacker, um, but like 28 games as a middle linebacker in 31 total. Uh, who knows what he'll be at Colorado? You know, we, if you want more on him, you can go back to the podcast from last week where we really dug into to what he does well. He's a, he's a talented player. He's very well-rounded. He's a little undersized. Um, the question is, you know, what is his strength? What does what does he do that makes him him? Now, coming to the Pac-12, maybe he fits a little bit better as an, uh, an undersized linebacker. Who knows? Um, but I do think we'll be seeing quite a bit of him uh, considering his, his, his past. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I think he's probably, like I said, pretty well-rounded. Could see him playing um, well in coverage. Could see him as a bit of a tackler. Um <sighs> He's, he's a wild card. He's an absolute wild card as of right now, but he is number eight on this list. Uh, number seven, Quinn Perry. Uh, Quinn Perry stepping into Nate's role most likely. Uh, he'll be probably your starting middle linebacker. That's where he's been ever since Nate got hurt. With Josh Chandler Semedo coming in, who knows? Maybe he, he winds up being your number two inside linebacker behind Semedo. Um, more likely, though, I think that Josh Chandler Semedo starts somewhere else. Uh, with with Quinn Perry starting at middle linebacker. 
Um, not the flashiest player, but racks up a lot of tackles. If he can start getting in the backfield a little bit more, add a, an interception or two somewhere throughout the season, then he'll have a he'll have a case. He'll have a case to to be the defensive MVP. Um, we've seen linebackers break out at Colorado before. Quinn Perry, number seven on the list of potential defensive MVPs for Colorado. Um, number six, we've got Naim Rodman. Um, Naim has been kind of a mainstay on this defense for a while now. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of this defensive line. Switching from the 3-4 to the 4-3, I'm not sure he's the biggest beneficiary, but I do think that this kind of three technique, two technique, two technique we'll, we'll see how exactly he fits in how exactly he's used i think just a small tweak could unlock a lot of things for him though just changing up his role a little bit um again fairly well-rounded sol solid as a pass rusher pretty stout against the run um he's gonna be out there a lot he's gonna be out there a lot and i think that this defensive staff really sees a bit of a drop off i think after they've, they've said they don't they said that the backup defensive line looks as good as the top one. I just don't believe it when you hear them talk. You know, it's like, you know, you have Terrence Lang, you have Jalen Sami, you have Naeem Rodman. Um, I think that he's going to be out there quite a bit, and I think he's going to be out there in some important situations. Uh, number five, Isaiah Lewis. Uh, he's been starting for a couple years. Uh, he, he gets up this high mostly because we know he's going to be out there. You know, Trevor Woods, is he your starting free safety? Uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. We do know that Isaiah Lewis is basically locked into that starting strong safety role. Um, one of the very few veterans on this defense. You see how he could wind up with three, four interceptions this year, five interceptions maybe, and then all of a sudden you're saying, yep, defensive MVP. So I think that's really his path. Solid in the running game, but hasn't been anything special. You know, he's not flying in the backfield or anything like that. Um, just a well-rounded, strong safety who is going to get some opportunities to make some plays on the ball, just needs to convert. Uh, number four, Jalen Sam, you mentioned him a second ago. Tough for him to get this high on this list. You know, should I have put Isaiah Lewis a little bit higher, maybe? Um, just because as a, a nose tackle, and he'll be used a little bit differently as a defensive tackle this year, but can you make enough sacks? Can you can you make enough tackles for loss to justify having this good of odds to to be the best defensive player? I I don't know. I I think it's going to be pretty tough. Um, but again, he's a mainstay. You know he's going to be out there. You know that he is going to do what he does well. He's going to clog up the middle. Um, it's going to be about those splash plays, and. If you're not going to wind up with seven, eight, nine, ten tackles for loss, can you force a couple fumbles? Can, can you bat a couple balls? Um, that that's more so his path. But but he gets up this high like Isaiah Lewis because he's gonna be out there a lot, a whole lot. Um, so there we go. Uh, Robert Barnes, he's number three on this list. Uh, he's, he's going to be in more of an expanded role this year. He's their cover linebacker. They say he's getting more physical, that he can play more between the tackles. That's going to be crucial. You know, if things are going to go well for Robert Barnes, that's going to be why. Um, I, I think he's one of the guys who it's easiest to get excited about, you know, given his background, transitioning from safety to linebacker, um, coming over from Oklahoma. It does feel like things are set up for this to be his real breakout year. He just needs to go and do it. And if he does it, then 
very much in the running for for defensive MVP. Uh, number two, Guy Thomas. Uh, he's going to take over that Carson Wells role. You know, Guy played, I think, the first seven games of last season, played really well, um, was in the backfield consistently. This switch is going to be interesting because he's now playing more of a defensive end role than an outside linebacker role. Will he be able to produce enough as a pass rusher? Will he be able to set the edge consistently, get in the backfield? I honestly think so. I mean, based on how well he played last year, I think that he's going to be in really good shape in this kind of restructured defense that the Buffs have going this year. Um, again, just the when we're talking about guys who can make those splash plays, you know, get into the backfield, wreck a game, Guy Thomas is very much at the top of this list. Um, with the number one guy, Terrence Lang. You know, I think that this scheme change may have been just for Terrence Lang. You know, he might have been the the reason that they were like, yep, it, we do pull the trigger. You know, does it fit these guys? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. With Terrence Lang, yes, this is perfect. You're letting him play in space just a little bit more. You know, you're not asking him to stand up. He still gets his hand in the dirt. Uh, but this defensive end role for Terrence he has a chance to really make his presence felt. You know, use some more of that athleticism and not just that size. You know, you look at him sometimes and think, like, you're. do they need to be bending you over? Do they need to be having you pound forward against guards? Or should you be trying to kind of tease these tackles with your speed while also having the power, the ability to work inside, the ability to set the edge? You know, he's just a very well-rounded 4-3 defensive end, and... I think that, like I said, this this change was made in large part because of him, because he, it fits him so well, and because he might just straight up be your best defensive player. He's definitely your most talented player on defense. Um, he's the favorite. He's the favorite to be your defensive MVP. Um, and I know that he's been probably a little bit disappointing, right? I think you probably expected him just a little bit, expected a little bit more out of him these last couple of years. Um, at this point, though, I think it's really easy to see him uh, take that jump forward um, because of the change in the scheme. Uh, so that does it. That's our list, and we can leave it at that. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with more. Not really sure what we're talking about, but it will be something. Who knows? Maybe there will be some news. Um, sounds good. See you tomorrow.